Hi, we are Angie and Annalie, and this is Brain Basement, a podcast where two friends who used to do yoga together in a basement now chat about chaos and wellness. As moms, we understand chaos. As expats, we get what that chaos looks like when you take it overseas. From Manila to San Jose, we share stories of living abroad and explore topics around mental and emotional well-being. This podcast is for expat moms who want to find wellness amidst the chaos of everyday life. Welcome to Brain Basement. We're so glad you're here. Like my a subtle water bottle. A subtle hint. Yeah. Drink, Angie. <laughs> um, who okay, wants- next week we need to catch up more. Let's just say that right yeah. now. And and record our new intro. Yeah, let's do it. But for now, we'll just keep using our trusty old <laughs> nails on the chalkboard. <laughs> intro i love it do you want to do the breath i feel like a little scattered yeah so. i can do breath okay that'd be great okay all right here we are brain basement back in action today we'll talk about grief again one of annalie and i's favorite topics <laughs> This time we're talking about smaller grief, like the grief that happens to us that we we overlook. And before we talk about grief, we can start off with three calming breaths. So wherever you are in your day, bringing yourself into the presence of your body right now, if you can close your eyes, check in with your shoulders, Listen to your breath. See if you can feel the rising and falling of your chest. The expanding and the emptying release of deepening your breath. Bringing a little stillness and sensation along the limbs of your body, feeling your arms and your legs, whatever position they're currently in, feeling the strength of your neck supporting your head, and just noticing how that breath moves through your whole body, all of these limbs, how your heart is pumping, all of your inner organs working and functioning as we go through our day. And with a little appreciation for all the work that our body is doing and our breath, bringing yourself back to focus today for our discussion and appreciation 
of our body, of our breath. Okay, so now that we're full of appreciation and all those loving good vibes, let's <laughs> talk about grief. <laughs> What a roller coaster. We're like taking our listeners, yeah, up to appreciation. And now we're like deep dive with us That's into right. the depths of everyone relax. And now let's talk about really sad stuff. <laughs> Tense your body up right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. But this is the little grief, right? So we talked about, we've done another episode on grief. And I feel like we do hints of it kind of here and there throughout our episodes, but this is grief that we might not notice. Like you said, that kind of flies under the radar, but it's still happening. Yeah. Right. Yes. That, that overlooked grief that we um, shouldn't probably ignore. I was thinking about this in like small things that we grieve in, in just, the daily, the disappointments that come up in life that are small or big, or for my kids, I'm thinking like a college acceptance that didn't come through, or for us, it's like bidding on a place and picturing yourself there and not getting that place or the promotion list coming out, that <laughs> absolute frustration of not understanding how the promotion list works. Those disappointments, we don't usually attach the word grief to it, but I think in that we're also sort of overlooking it. And, and these feelings, when we ignore them, like it still comes out in our day. We're snapping at someone. When I try to overlook a small grief, it's, it's just turning into something bigger. It's turning into you know, jealousy or frustration or um, resentment for me. So I kind of want yeah. to be more aware of the small grief that happens in my life. And in honoring that, in being truthful about feeling disappointed over things, hopefully I would avoid the growing sensation of the leading towards resentment and all of that. What about you? What do you think of small grief? Yeah, those examples are like so resonating with me, ones that I haven't even thought of. And I think that's the whole point behind little grief is it's like, oh yeah, that totally happened to us last week. <laughs> and <laughs> I didn't even, like it hurt, you mm -hmm. know, but I didn't kind of pause to really give it a name. And um, I think one thing that helps me when I'm talking about grief is just to think about the definition of it. And one of my favorite definitions is the natural response to loss. Mm -hmm. It's just like as simple as that, you know, like you said, the loss of the promotion or the loss of, yeah, that, that university that maybe I had already gone there in my head or my kid had already gone there, like picturing themselves at that place or, um, and I was thinking so often grief feels like, I know we've said this before, has to be reserved for those bigger things like um, a broken relationship or the loss of a loved one, like a death, you know, but the mm -hmm. fact is it's, it's the natural loss to natural response to any loss. And um, 
I love that you said that when it's left unattended, it can turn into something else. And the example that came to my mind was, um, and this is the thing with little grief is you kind of, maybe this is one reason we overlook it is because sometimes it feels silly to acknowledge these things that they actually hurt. Cause this example, like that I'm going to share, it kind of feels silly that I'm sharing it because okay, I really hope your plant <laughs> is still alive. Is that <laughs> No, that that would be legit grief. I have worked so hard on my no, plants here. They're my friends. No, they're alive. Okay. No, keep going. Happened, sorry. Yeah. It happened last year at Thanksgiving. And we were in the States at the time. And so we were kind of um, closer to family for once, which never happened. And so we had these plans to meet with family and, um, and have this great Thanksgiving that we never have with family. Um, but COVID got in the way and kind of throw, threw a wrench in the plans. And it worked out that we just couldn't we couldn't do it. We couldn't go. And so we ended up having Thanksgiving, just our family at home and cooking the whole meal. And, you know, in the end, it was really nice that it was so quiet. And, um, but at the same time, I had this lingering feeling of just loss and like, and even pain. Mm -hmm. And I remember talking to my husband, like the night before Thanksgiving or the night of, and we were kind of in a disagreement about something and I was really frustrated with him, like more than I felt like would be appropriate for what we were talking about. Mm -hmm. And in the middle of my frustration and my rant towards him, I just paused and I was like, you know, what? I actually think I'm hurt right now. And so what's coming out right now is my pain. And I'm sorry, you know, this is like bigger than it needs to be, but it was so interesting because like you said, it, it totally was, it was naturally turning into something else like resentment or frustration, but really at the core of it, it was just like that loss of Thanksgiving with family that we usually never have. And it meant something I think to both of us to be like, this isn't about you. And it's not about me. It's just this thing that happened. And Anyway, so I think it's important to, yeah. like you said, just acknowledge these little things that really hurt. Oh, um, I, now I'm thinking all of Thanksgiving. We had the exact same thing last Thanksgiving. We were talking about it, I think, as it happened. And we had planned, mm -hmm. we were both in Virginia. We had planned. And then as it was happening, I think more a few, an aunt and mother-in-law that we had invited said, oh, we're bringing other family as well <laughs> it was growing and COVID was increasing and we didn't want to risk the lives of loved ones and um yeah that just disaster and disappointment and I'm also thinking of all the times I've probably gotten into an argument with my husband where it was that situation where it wasn't what we were discussing was not really the issue that I was upset about, but it was some other, you know, struggle that I was having in my life and probably some disappointment that I was mad about in another area. And that I, that I'm not aware of that all the time. And just as 
as you and I explore more about emotions and and recognizing what's happening in our brain and hearing the the things that we're saying to ourselves in our brain of like I shouldn't be disappointed about this or this isn't a big deal so I don't I shouldn't get upset about it and we have these parameters of like how big how proportionate our upsetness can be related to each disappointment right so if yeah if they don't have you know fresh like sweet potatoes at the grocery store you we're allowed to be this upset and if our flight is canceled we're allowed to be this upset and if we have to cancel thanksgiving it's like and as i'm sure all of us have a different idea of exactly how upset we can be but if we're not meeting up with our own standard of i can't be this level of upset i can only be level four and then we're (laughs) judging our our grief and our disappointment it's this just keeps happening right yeah and it seems so unhelpful to add that layer of judgment because it's what's that saying um pain plus resistance equals suffering it's Um, like it's like we're moving ourselves into more suffering by saying to ourselves no you shouldn't be upset about those sweet potatoes or like you said it should be only a level two and who's setting those parameters like in my head am I saying like oh, my sister in the States wouldn't be upset about this. So I shouldn't be upset about it either. Or like, what's the conversation we're having with ourselves that makes us set those, those limits on our grief, as opposed to just being like, I can't find tomato paste in this freaking country. Like, this is super upsetting because I make like five dinners with tomato paste and I can't make those dinners right now it's so funny that you brought up sweet potatoes and that grocery store scene because that was one thing that came to my mind because being here new in Mexico I've had such a hard time finding tomato paste and it's like put this block to dinner like somehow we can't eat without tomato paste which is so ridiculous but I get somewhere new and you know, the move feels like the big grief, Mm -hmm. but then there's like these huge, these, this trail of tiny little griefs that show up for months. Right. And one of them for me is that like, I get into these, I think you mentioned stability this week, as we were talking about this, like the all encompassing umbrella of stability, like stability with a dinner schedule or stability with like, having to re-enroll my kids in new activities and figuring out what they are. And there's a lot of grief and loss in that because you're kind of mourning what you just left, but you're having to, I feel like I'm having to propel myself forward at the same time. So like, what's that balance? It's like, you're carrying both, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, we're allowed, we, we can plan for, and we're allowed to experience the grief and moving and saying goodbye to our friends and, and, you know, having to, to reorganize our stuff. And like, this is allowable. And we're all kind of processing that we're really going to miss people and, and our lives in this space as we leave. But then the, the tomato paste, you know, the, the sweet potato disappointment for me, I cannot find garam masala um, spice. 
is, is not allowable. That has to be like, that's like a secret confession. I can't tell anyone in my life that I'm upset over garam masala because everyone's just going to say, you have this amazing life. <laughs> um, but now that you're saying that, I'm like, please tell me those things and I will send it to you because I have garam masala here. I've but got I know what you paste. Mean. We have loads of it. Okay, swapsies. In three months, you'll get garam masala in your mailbox. That's right. Here's a new disappointment coming up because our mail is com a complete disaster at the moment. Everything was working and functional and moving along smoothly. And Bill mentioned today that the mailroom is announcing unexpected mega delays happening on November 10th now. So who knows if our what's happening next. So right, it's just like in these small conversations that <laughs> unplanned disappointment comes up. And that's probably happening for all humans. And we're probably mm -hmm. overlooking it. And, and when did when did we come up with these ideas of not being allowed to feel disappointment over certain things like at what age do you think we started learning mm -hmm. ignore this ignore this like grief and disappointment and even in the bigger things too we still in mega grief we also have an expected acceptable timeline of how you know, aren't you over that yet? Or you're still upset about that for huge things that happen in our life that we, and we tell ourselves, I should be over this now. It happened five months ago or whatever it is. Yeah. I think it's like, what's beneath that or what's the, what's the other side of the coin? Like, what are we trying to be versus not facing that and taking a moment of just acknowledging that pain and maybe it's just that notion that we're supposed to have it all together mm -hmm. and that somehow hurting for a minute is a sign of weakness. But why, why would that be the case? You know, okay. but I was just thinking the other day, my, my next door neighbor, we've gotten to know each other, you know, pretty well. And it seems like one of those friendships that's going to go somewhere, you know, when you move somewhere new and you're dating <laughs> friends and she's just so nice. And, and I kept thinking to myself, like, I kind of wish I could just come over to her house and sit on her couch and vent about some of these things and maybe even like cry, you know, cause I, ha I haven't really had that person here. I, yeah. I have friends, you know, like you and that I can call but like a live person that I can sit with and just be like, this has been really hard for me. But it was interesting because like the conversation I was having my, in my head was like, I want to do that, but I just don't know how it would go with her. Cause we haven't like explored that realm of friendship yet. Like I haven't broken down in front of her yet, yeah. you know? And, but at the same time, like if she did that to me and came over and just said, can I talk to you for a minute? Like my heart would be so warm towards her and I would probably break down right with her. Yeah. And but I think it feels a little, does it feel scary? Like a little like uncharted territory sometimes? Oh, for sure. That is so true. I just sent a text message yesterday saying 
I just want to show up on your porch and walk, go for a walk and have tea and laugh and complain a lot. <laughs> like, uh -huh. I don't feel like I have that friend here yet, right? I can't cross that bridge of talking about like things that I really want to like vent or complain or break down because it's still friend dating where we're all and why do I not do that? It's so silly. That would create a much more authentic friendship. And then I leave the friend date feeling like, oh, that friend's really nice, but I don't know, it's still new. I don't want to start melting down and complain and, you know, tell them my drama. That seems like I'm being like sucking energy from them. If I don't know what is what holds us back from doing that? And when when do we get to the point where we get to just break down? Yeah. Well, and I think the minute it happens, it's like, you know, in some cases, maybe it wouldn't go over well and the friendship wouldn't survive. Yeah. But I think more often than not, it instantly deepens the friendship. Right. And it's like you've moved into a different realm and now you can start to talk about that kind of stuff without the judgment behind it. And yeah. So one of my questions about grief and small grief is this, um, because sometimes I feel like I hold on to these little things and then they just come out like a volcano, like some Friday night towards my husband and my kids. And I'm like bursting with, you know, all the things I've been carrying uh -huh. and like, and then I have to go and recover and whatever. And while, you know, that happens, is it possible? Well, I know the answer to this, but I'm going to pose it as a question. Is it possible to process these little things along the way so that they don't come out as like this ginormous explosion, you know, a month down the road? And maybe it doesn't matter. It you know, in one way or the other, it's going to get processed. Yeah. <laughs> but I kind of like the idea of making room for grief in my day mm -hmm. um, and kind of warming up to grief and yeah, looking at it differently. What if it was like a Tuesday night ritual so it doesn't all come out on Friday and store up like a it's like a gratitude journal but it's a grief journal like all the little disappointments I've faced this week and then you can kind of take time to like sit with it and feel like man that was a lot like these are just little things but when I look at it all like I've got some frustration with all of these things or you know maybe you just cry or process it or have a grief circle what if we had um what if we had like a complaint is the what's the jewish word like the kvetching circle mm. of women where you all get together on tuesday night and complain about all the small small upsets would that be terrible it sounds terrible like i don't want to go to that and hear everyone complaining about their picky things but it also sounds kind of awesome to have to be there without judgment without me judging everyone and saying that it sounds terrible absolutely 
No, I've thought about doing those. Honestly, I have, especially with this lifestyle that we live, because those of us that are moving every two to three years, I've, I, like you said, I feel like everyone carries these little griefs. So I don't want to discount, you know, saying like, oh, we hold more grief. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think they're unique to our transient life. Yeah. Um, and that we can relate to each other. And I think, cause like you, I wouldn't want it to turn into just like this, you know, vent like downward spiral session. But I also think if it's in the name of releasing some of this stuff, I think it could be really cool because mm-hmm. it's the whole purpose is to process it, like move through it and not be stuck. And I yeah. think it has to come out some way. And if there's a dedicated time, like you said, like Tuesday nights, I spend a little time with the losses I've had recently and, and just let them take whatever form they need to take at that time. Yeah. How would that work? And I've never, we have to do an experiment with this. And now I'm wondering back to the friend, the friends that we meet as expats, I'm going back to like, what about that complainy friend? You know how you meet someone and they are seriously a Debbie Downer and they're just like, and this is terrible. And complaining about their, you know, housekeeper who you happen to know is like a lovely person. And that just the things that they're complaining about, which is probably saying something negative about myself that I am thinking these things while talking to someone, but it's like, oh, consistent over time. It's not just one period of complaining, but you see them, you know, every six months and they're always in that mood. Are those people experiencing their little griefs? Maybe they are just processing it and venting. What do you think? And they don't blow up and explode in a big volcano. Yeah, I think that's an interesting question. Like when we complain or when our friends complain, is that an attempt, like almost an unconscious attempt to grief, grief? Yeah, Um, because I'm thinking of a person that we both knew, (laughs) right? So was that... Is she releasing some anger? Would it be worse if she wouldn't? I wish I had even this had even occurred to me because I would have been able to have a conversation with her with more compassion. Mm-hmm. And it well, did not seem a... like anger was being released or it was like constantly being released on high, like a level 10 anger. Mm-hmm. Like festering. Yeah. Well, I think, um, I think of a friend, yes, that it was their first overseas post. Well, and it was ours too. And, um, it was so hard for her and yeah. it was hard for all of us, but like, she kind of had the same energy and it was interesting because about halfway through their tour, she noticed it in herself. And she said, and she said this to our group of friends, she said, I have been so negative about this place for the last six months. And I actually really want to change this about myself because I think it's not helping. 
And she did. And she kind of like made this swap. And it's not like she went to like, you know, everything is great. Everything is right. grand, perfect all the time. But she just had a more positive spin on it on um, like trying to find evidence for those good things, you know, around her. Oh, and it was kind of cool that she was so open about it mm-hmm. because I think it's, it is easy to get into that rut. And I see that there's a fine line between, but for, with what we're talking about, like grieving mm-hmm. and that complaining downward spiral that is so familiar in this life yes, and common. And, um, one feels really productive while acknowledging the loss. Mm-hmm. and not skipping over the hardships that are happening. And the other one feels not productive. And, and in I the not productive one, it's like skipping over the hap- the good things that are happening. Like you're, you're mm-hmm. ignoring in one case or the other, you're ignoring something. So it's again, as always, like it's coming back to the balance, being able to experience the sadness with, the joy, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And I, I think of, um, so Francis Weller is the author of the wild edge of sorrow. Mm-hmm. And he's the one that talks so much about grief. I love his stuff. But one of the things he says is grief keeps the heart flexible, fluid, and open to others. And I was, I like loved that quote oh. because, well, it makes me want to think about it for a really long time. Cause I'm trying to think, what is he getting at? But I think it might fit into what we're saying here that, yeah, there's, there's a difference. And that grief, true grief, when we're recognizing the loss and processing it in a healthy way, it, there's like this nourishing gratitude um, quality to it, you know, that keeps the heart like flexible and fluid and open at the same time you're still acknowledging the pain and the hurt behind it versus what we're talking about that just feels, yeah, like you said, I don't think my heart feels open and flexible when I'm just stuck in that, like, oh, I hate this place, you know, and I'm like complaining. Yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah, I can see that. I mean, it sounds counterintuitive that it would, grief could open our heart, but I can see that the restricting closes our heart right like not feeling pain does seem unnatural and seems like building a wall and not to i could just keep talking about this for 20 more minutes but i have to close the wall on our on our talk because i have an appointment yes i'm gonna grief the quick ending to our I'm gonna grieve I keep saying grief instead of grief <laughs> I'm gonna anyway. grieve that we can't talk longer but we're gonna yeah. talk we're gonna be back every week we're committing yeah this was a really good chat this so. was a good talk let's talk more yeah. and about friend dating too the friend types oh yeah okay thanks okay. Angie. thanks everyone